You're listening to the Student Discount Podcast, hosted by me, Maisie Whip. Hello and welcome to the Student Discount Podcast. I'm your host, Maisie, and tonight we're joined by ex-student Chris Tavner. Hello, hello, Hi. hello, hello. So my first like few sort of questions like to sort of get us started is um, when uh, did you go to university and sort of uh, where? You don't have to tell us exactly where because, I mean, you might not want to disclose that, but sort of we want to go for like what city you went for, was it different? That sort of thing. I, I don't mind. I don't mind declo- disclosing. Uh, <laughs> 2001 to 2004 is when I went to uni. Uh, I'd taken a year out, so I actually started when I was 19. Mm-hmm. Um, I took a year out because by the time I come to the end of my A-levels, I hated the concept of education. Yes. Um, so I took a year. People go travelling. I worked in a bingo hall. Um, <laughs> and, and then was happy to go to uni. And people said to us, oh, it's not as bad as your A-levels, actually, uni. It's like, two, it's like doing two A-levels. And actually, pretty much spot on. It was yeah. about that level of work. <laughs> um, and I went to uni at um, Salford, Salford University. Um, I talk about it in um, in my my latest stand-up show, my solo show. So I talk about all kinds of shit that happened there. So all that was a swear word. Oh, oh, I feel like I wasted it. Um, <laughs> fuck's sake. Uh, I... So I talk about all the stuff that went on there and be, being an activist and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm f- perfectly happy to disclose Salford University. Full disclosure there, first off. Um, so so you came came to Salford mm. and are you is that like was it a big change for you coming to Salford? Was it did mm. you live in in? Yeah. So my family background. I'm from Poole in Dorset originally, so right on the south coast, small town. Mm-hmm. Um. And my parents are originally from up north. So my mum's from Accrington in Lancashire. My dad is from Salford and Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, so we always come up to sort of see family, but more like round surrounding areas. Um, but it was still a, a big thing. I kind of knew I did want to go to uni and I did want to move away from home. But I, I certainly wasn't adventurous mm-hmm. at all. Like when I talk about joke about people would have a year out, I would never have thought to have a year out mm-hmm. and go travelling. I would have no idea how to do it and I'd be worried about it. But I knew I needed to do something to push myself. And frankly, I was aiming for Manchester yeah. as a university. And I went round all three for the course I was doing. Manchester said, we're, we're better than that. Man met. <laughs> Man met. We're all on similar lines um, of, of Salford. It was like, oh, I could get in there. And then my mum noticed the asterisks in the, uh, was it the prospectus or whatever? I noticed the asterisks. And the asterisks said, uh, the... Um, uh, ca- uh, campus is in Crewe in Alsager and I think they've still got it there and I've gigged over in Crewe and I had students there and said did any of you get fooled by the asterisks and uh, the answer was yes number of them they literally thought they were going to Manchester they wow. ended up in not even Crewe Alsager outside of Crewe wow. so I missed that and my mum said Salford it's practically Manchester and uh I mean, don't say that's people from Salford, but that is absolutely the case, isn't it? It's like literally you don't know you're in Salford. It's like, oh, it's just a different city. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. This is it. It's so close to like the city. So that was one of the biggest draws. Yeah. For, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just because I wanted to go to London and I wanted to go to all the drama schools and, you know, have that sort of education and life and sort of thing. That just uh, didn't happen. Um, and I took two years out as well. Well, uh, well, and as well, I took two years out. Was that a planned thing? Oh no! Uh, did you just stop I, I, well, I <laughs> at college to... and then just went off and did your own thing and then decided, you know what, I want to come back to it? Kind of. I auditioned for uh, a lot of drama schools in London. Mm. Um, I really hated the process, um, and I don't. I mean, 
I felt pitted against the other students. Uh, and there was like 20 people going for 3,000 places on a musical theatre course, which mm. is just, no, 3,000 people going for 20 places because the other way around would be ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> just stretch out. <laughs> know, yeah. Um, massive university. No, uh, yeah, so like 20 people would have got on the course. And like I, I did one audition and my, my teacher was like, I got like the day after I said, I got told that I didn't get in. And my teacher was like, what? You know, you thought it went really well. And I was like, yeah, I thought it went really well. I was the only person who managed to make the person auditioning me look up at any point. I mean, that had to be like a slightly good sign. In a room of 20 people auditioning, uh, I was the only person to get uh, eye contact, which I thought was, you know, a sign of a good one. They could have smashed you right up into the top 10 and that was still nowhere near what you needed to... No, they literally, they my, my teacher called and said, could we get some sort of feedback as to why she didn't get in? And the receptionist answered and, you know, she said, yeah, you can't put you through, we can't give feedback because there's so many people apply. But what I can tell you is uh, it's probably because it's only her first time auditioning. And oh. they wouldn't have even looked at her as an option. And I, right. that, that, for me, just kind of went, well, that's not for me then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not how, because I'd pay 50 quid to be there as well, to walk into a room and sing a song and go home again. And I had to go down to London to do that for that privilege. And I think, I mean, that's that's really awful for me. Yeah. And then, so I came, like I, took, I took a year to do, I did makeup for a year, uh, which is another sort of thing I wanted to do. Uh, but the whole experience of auditioning and not getting in made me fall out of love with performing. Bearing in mind, I've done it, I've performed all my life. Like, mm. this is something I've just always just done for anyone who would listen or not listen or just be forced to listen to me. Uh, so to fall out of love with it was weird for everyone and then so I did makeup for a year and then I did uh I spent a year with my own business uh painting pregnant ladies bellies uh yeah all the things to do that's the natural progression from musical theater um fall into it yeah yeah yeah, absolutely uh so I did that for a year and then during that year I did some amateur dramatics and I did uh I played grandma Adams in the Adams family musical and it made me realize how much I loved doing what I was doing and it it was ridiculous for me to be put off it by a shitty experience with yeah. an audition. Um, so I reapplied for universities, but closer to home, mm. uh, and I found Salford. And they're the, only, the one of two places in the country that do comedy, and it very much became apparent to me that uh, what I loved the most was the fact I was playing, I was always given the comedy character. Mm. And it never, until I realised this comedy course was existed, it was never an option for me to sort of just do comedy in a way, mm. but with all this amazing facilities, not that far from home, uh, and it was it was it was nice for me. Yeah, no, it sort of like it opens things up. Especially when you say about the um, uh, the process of of going down for uh, uh, I've got rehearsal in my head. Uh, the audition, <laughs> the audition. audition. Yeah. You go down for the audition. Um, just interesting, because one of the things I sort of think about going back to being younger and learning mm. is things that, and as you get older, you like you learn more and more about yourself, and you like mm. reflect back. Uh, and one of the things you had for like discussions to do with if people have um, like a, a sort of fixed or sort of like open mindsets, because mm. like the fixed mindset is this idea that when you're in education, you feel like if you try hard, that that intelligence in it is innate, mm. you have it in you. 
And if you're trying hard, it's actually that, oh, maybe you're not very good. Mm. So you never try hard. It's a sign of weakness. Whereas like the learning mindset, the open mindset is is actually kind of going like, oh, it's okay if I fail because I'm trying hard. I enjoy the process. Yeah. And they're the ones who get better. When you'd been the age of when you'd be going for that audition, had you, are you the sort of person who had pushed yourself hard? Or was it actually in terms of what was in front of you? Because... How many, I don't know, you must have come across this like always many times where, especially like performing arts, mm. people are used to being like the performer at their mm. school mm. and then they do the equivalent to go to that audition and they go, shit, the, yeah. I'm, I'm one of thousands here yeah, yeah. and they're all singing and dancing and showing off just as much as I do and some of them could do this better and that better and that one's doing the splits. And Yeah, I think you, you definitely notice that when you go into those rooms is... Uh, I was half auditioning with people who had clearly just come from college mm. uh, and not done like proper drama school stuff yet. And half the people I was auditioning with had already done the foundation year at the university, at the drama school already. Yeah. Um, and then the one of the things they did was they went around the room and they asked us all uh, what sort of dance experience we had. And I had F all because I, I, I'm not a dancer. Uh, I'd had a little bit, but it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, everyone else as you went around the room, like, oh, I've done uh, tap, modern, and ballet since I was three. Uh, and I am this level, this level, and this level. And I was I sat there, like, and like every single person said this. And I was like, what? That is not what I expected. Um, and it very much is because, I mean, musical theatre is the triple threat. You know, mm. you've got to be able to sing, dance, and act. Um, and I was, I, was, I was maybe a double threat uh, in that I couldn't dance, but I could maybe, I could do the other two fairly well. Um, and I think that was another eye-opener for me because uh, that was another thing is you, when you notice the comical characters within a musical, they're not dancing very much, but they're acting and singing bloody well. Uh, and it, that was another one for me. Like when I played grandma, I only danced in one of the big numbers, I think. And the rest of it was all down to me, mm. perform my performance. And I think you see that in the people that are auditioning. You see that uh, they're when they are looking at the auditionees, they are casting the main roles. They're looking at who's going to be the Alphabas and the, the Glinders and, you know, that sort of, mm. those those characters. They're not looking for the uh, Mamas and the Miss Hannigans and the all those sort of people. I mean, it's funny, actually, I recently, because I want, you know, I want to go into comedy, I recently added to my want list, my, like, aims, uh, is to be the the celebrity that's asked to play the funny character in a musical. Like, you know, the draw to the musical. <laughs> I love that. Also, well, like Jason Manford gets and people like that, or oh, even yeah. Peter Kay before or yeah. whatever. You're going to be on the poster. Either, not not even necessarily the lead character, no, no, but you're still not. the one on the poster. Yeah, because you get the audience in, because you're that, you're that funny person that they've seen on the TV. I love that. Like Miranda played Miss Hannigan. Uh, is, is it because you want to? What we want to be one of those people who's going to piss off the the people who are actually in the lead. <laughs> and when you're doing the poster, that you're actually stood at the forefront. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you got into drama school, did you? Lovely. <laughs> but here I am <laughs> with my university education. <laughs> my... <laughs> I still have a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's it. That's what I mean. Life has its ways of bringing you to those things anyway. Mm. And if you really want it, at some point it'll, it'll happen. And that's that's what I, what I go for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to you a little bit. Just on a little tangent there on my life. <laughs> but yeah, so you got, in, you got into university. Yeah. Um, was it, I mean, were you able just to get 
into university? Yeah. Um, now, I, I will. I would like to say, for the sake of Salford University, uh-huh. that it's it's a very good university, and I should imagine the level of quality they're aiming for has probably gone up since I was there. I got given uh, an unconditional offer mm-hmm. on the strength of my student statement. Wow. My student statement, which was handed to me on a floppy disk, it was the early 2000s, <laughs> as a template, fill in the blanks, save it as a new thing, print it off, send it. And they obviously went that. It's all said, oh, God, look at these commas and everything he's in. Wow. And my A-levels, I got reason why I didn't want it, why I took the year out. I ended up getting two E's and a D. Mm-hmm. And... My level of academic achievement wasn't two E's and a D. I was never straight. I never had an A in my life. I was B's and C's at GCSE. Yeah, and I was, I think that slightly fixed mindset where I didn't really push myself. Mm. You know, I did music. That was the one thing I was like good at. But then that's just because I did music. I was taught clarinet from like a young age. I can't yeah. say I massively, but when I got older, that was something I pushed myself a little bit on. Um, so yeah, no, I never like massively pushed myself. But yeah, the... Yeah, they, they accepted me. So when I got the results, I'm thinking, oh, God, will I be able to go to uni? And people are going, oh, well, I went through clearing, you know, the teachers trying to be nice. And I phoned up the university crying and they said, no, you've got an unconditional offer. I went, oh, so I'm, I'm in. Went, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was always in. <laughs> Just shows you sometimes it's worth maybe rereading some of these letters <laughs> to make yourself aware. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Amazing. I got, so I got, like I got into the course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Nice one. So, so you moved to where was it again? Salford. You moved to actual Salford. Yeah, oh, so yeah, you yeah. actually came to Salford. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, the <laughs> again, people could be listening anywhere around the world, but Eddie Coleman Court, you know, yeah. which is like the tower block. I mean, I, this is the thing. I would have no idea what it cost when I was there because I had no idea. It's just a case of filled in these forms, and I had no want or ability to think about the costings of anything. You know what I mean? I just like it. It was only afterwards when I did live in an actual house that it was pointed out to me how much money I was saving mm. living in a house share because I did Eddie Coleman, which it's one of those, every university has them, where um, basically it's like a line of four rooms, apparently, bathroom at one end, kitchen at the other, and basically you're just in your room. There's no real social area to live in, so mm. you end up sort of being cut off. The year after I went to Castle Irwell, which is now been knocked down and that was the big student village which was house blocks of 10 people with a big sort of kitchen upstairs and that was where you'd the closer on the door you'd manage to knock it out so you could keep your door open and the cleaners would come in twice a week and refix them and you'd block them out again just sit there smoking weed having a chat playing games <laughs> playing music whatever nice and social and then a year after that in a in a in a house share um but yeah, I mean, it's quite experienced for me to like move away from home. And again, I, I do not have, I certainly did not have a lot more now, but I did not have an independent streak particularly, but I had felt enough to make me kind of go, yeah, you don't want to just stay in pool. You yeah. know what I mean? You want to go, pool is one of those places where, it reminds me, I remember seeing an awful talk about when my mum comes from Accrington and said there's two sorts, those that leave, those that leave and those that don't. Mm. You know what I mean? If, if, if you're either going to go you know young university and do all that or you're gonna stay put find a local job settle down and you'll be married with children by the time you're in your mid-20s nothing against that all that happens is you do university thing that happens maybe 30 30 plus mm. um and you know i have those people from but all perfectly happy but there is that very definite two things you're not 
live in, say, Manchester and you're already kind of there, so it's no great shakes if you did move to another city, but you're in that kind of town, you're used to just being there and that's your existence. Yeah. I think, I mean, it kind of, I mean, it blows my mind taking from that that you you didn't have to particularly worry about the whole, like, this money thing, the student finance mm. side of things at that point. Uh, As I said, I just don't think I, I had it in my head to worry about it. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, I had finance issues later on. Yeah. <laughs> but when I went, because I had no concept of of keeping track of my money and my mum said like she was like trying to get me to do like like my, like my parents still do to today an accounts book like, a physical book that you write in when you've spent money and all this kind of stuff because actually I had no idea you just spend it until it's not there yeah and you go oh it's not there overdraft second overdraft <laughs> credit card and I'd get, I went as far as like the credit card and I think that's as far as I went because at that point I was maxing them out and I was so I wasn't great with money so when I said I didn't have to worry yeah. was good and i did work eventually i didn't work one to start with mm. but eventually i did get a job in a in a bar and and stuff and and a bit of money that way but yeah looking back i wish but then again like now having like an app having my actual internet banking mm. the difference it makes to your life never mind age i mean literally i just put the card in machine balance and see if there's anything there to take i didn't really think oh wait my rent's coming out tomorrow or anything like that yeah. i didn't you know so internet banking things are a lot to actually have things in your fingertips like that is easier. Not to say people don't mess up their finances. I know they do, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's one of those. I mean, I've, I never thought that... When I started university, um, I was getting a lot more than money than I did than I do now. Um, and I was sort of in that position of like, oh, I, and I don't know how people ever struggle in university. Like, I, I'm getting all this money <laughs> as my student loan. And then it, it's got to third year and I'm very much like, I get it. I, I I'm I'm very poor now. <laughs> I understand. Thank you. Um, and it's 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 a weird one because uh, you don't expect. I mean, it's insane paying for education in any way, in any mm. form. Mm. Um, but to know that there is thousands of other people struggling this in the same yeah. way, it's kind of insane. Um, but that's you know people do it for a degree, and then it's it's just. I mean, and then a lot of people are like, oh, it's just a piece of paper at the end of it. And you're like, well... Listen, I've got yeah. friends. You know what I mean? If you go back to, like, back in the day, when they were a student, not only was it free, but you could claim housing benefit. You know, imagine that. Like, you could claim housing benefit. Mm. You were allowed to, you know. You, like, claimed housing benefit. I think you got the doll as well, because it's just if you weren't working, you get that. There's all these different things that they yeah. get. And you actually could. If you didn't have to get a job, some people did, but you didn't have to, really. Mm. Um... But yeah, part of it, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things that I wish I was, I had been better at organising myself financially. Just having a concept of this is how much money you kind of get per week to live off. But also connected with that is that, and I don't know if broadly students, people going to university now are better than, than I was at my age. And then it's been a more of a move to try and help people with things like being better with their finances and other things just to look after mm. themselves. But I was like saying to my wife, Sally, like we're, we're coming through Lower Broughton, that where I used to live, you know, in Salford. And she said, no, has it changed? Then, oh, some bits have, I'm not sure. Oh, that chippy used to be there. Because <laughs> I just remember that when I'd go to university, like not really up taking food with me or anything and not eating. And then I'd just get starving hungry mm. and I'd be coming home and I'd be so low energy because I hadn't even, you know, organised to eat properly. And when I was eating, it was crap you know what i mean i was i was i was going into the 
for the takeaway. And there was a thing where at one point I was going into that takeaway every single night, mm. coming home and exhausted, rather than, you know, my friend Mikola, he would always make himself like rice vegetables and a bit of mincemeat or whatever and cook it all up and take this like ice cream tub with him, so, you know, like every single day. <laughs> and I just couldn't imagine like the effort to go into it. But that effort would have been, you know, food as fuel. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of those it's uh on a on a slightly lighter subject. The food food when you come to university, for me, uh I mean I've managed not to have a pot noodle since I've been at uni, which I think amazes a lot of people. Uh I've had super noodles, but that's not the point. Um but I It's a different uh, brand, isn't it? It's like it's not Yeah, it's different. It's not it's not a pot noodle, it's a super noodle. They're super. Uh, <laughs> um but I when I first came to university when I was, you know, shopping for myself or cooking mm. for myself, uh I had my favorite things over and over and over again and made myself sick of them uh, because I just could because it was I was you know I was cooking for myself so on that sort of note uh what was your favorite like student food sort of have mm, favorite student food beans on toast you you know I mean it's yeah. like a standard or beans and egg on toast because <laughs> it is dead simple and anyone can do it um I remember taking a bit of time slowly like learning how to do just a simple thing like a something with mince whether it's like a chili or a bolognese mm. and i remember the first time doing that so i had some vague idea chop onions mince and i overdid the mince because i was desperate like make sure i I didn't undercook you it because yeah. i wasn't cooking <laughs> at home you know not at all and i remember like just make it so bland i put in like tin of tomatoes and do that and i'm eating thinking oh, this tastes <laughs> tastes of anything really well. yeah. and one of the mates went oh put some ketchup in it that's so that became my next culinary thing we just put <laughs> ketchup a big wad of ketchup until eventually you like learn things about you know spice and stuff yeah. like that <laughs> salt and pepper but one of the things i love about university and i said this like with um um so you know i split between my time of doing stand-up comedy uh but for years i'm now part-time but i've been worked for a charity as well so it's mm-hmm. office-based it's admin you know that sort of thing um and i've had pe- colleagues i've worked with whose children have come to university age and working around what to do you know, like one of them like lives in, um, you know, near Bury, and he's going to Manchester. So it's like, so he's thinking about he wanted to like go into like a shared house and thinking, well, it's a waste of money because you live local. But then I was sort of saying to him, well, okay, well, think you've got that, but the other side, you know, you're talking about him. And it was clear that this lad wasn't a completely switched on person of the world yet. You know, he's eighteen; it's fine. You're allowed to yeah. not know everything. You know, but I was thinking, I said to him, what you don't understand is like. That house there, it's almost like a halfway house to being an adult. He's going to exist with a bunch of 18-year-olds who have the same idea about the world as he does and work some stuff out together. Like, I remember working out with a mate of mine, being for tea at my godmother's with my mum when she dropped me off, and uh, she'd given us a couple of baked potatoes, and we're there with him sort of thinking, like, what do we actually do? And he didn't know, because I said <laughs> we can have one of these baked potatoes, and they'd already been cooked, so I asked to phone my mum, and she told me, like, I'll put it in the microwave for this long, and all this thing. Yeah. Now, obviously, you can look up on your phone. I still do that oh, today. Yeah. <laughs> now, all the time, the amount of things. Every time I make a poached egg, I always look up <laughs> on my phone how long it is to do a poached egg. I do not retain that information. Um, so it's no surprise I couldn't back then. Uh, but yeah, I think you learn together, you yeah. know, and that's what's sort of great. And you do a bit of like cooking together and and things like that, and you can have fun. And then you and then you with somebody and he shows you how to do like a roast chicken or something like that, and you're yeah. kind of going. Oh, this is this is proper next <laughs> level insane. stuff. I mean, I'm doing beans on toast, and you're talking about roasting a chicken, <laughs> rubbing butter on it, and salt and pepper. Wow. Oh yeah, I think salt and pepper for a lot of people is revolutionary, uh, <laughs> and it honestly is. I think 
I mean, I cooked a lot before I came to university anyway. So mm. making sure I had salt and pepper and oregano in my cupboard uh, was, I mean, that was a necessary thing. <laughs> I, I, I wish, it's one of those things I kind of wish my mum had sort mm. of pushed me a little bit because she did the box. My dad did about half the cooking, but his was the, was the, uh, uh, the fill the gap food, you know what I mean? Mm. He wasn't making the roast dinners. He was, yeah. he was making the, the beans on toast sort of thing. Um, but at the same time, you know, you can't force anybody to. And there was probably resistance and lazy to it. I didn't want yeah. to particularly learn. I wanted it to be there. One of the things was at university, I talked about being hungry. I remember, uh, I mean, I lost quite a bit of weight in my first year. And I kind of start to cope better than that. Because I'd never had it where I was genuinely hungry. Because mm. you just go in from uni and you don't bother making tea. And then it's seven, half seven, eight o'clock. And then you're really hungry and then you have no energy mm. and because you've got no energy you don't want to make food i'd not had that because i'd all you know always just had tea yeah well, my parents were making me tea you know yeah. it was there and it was <laughs> it sounds like a bizarre thing but like I'd, I'd, I'd never come across that before you know no yeah. as until like learn it was like all oh, right you have to make sure you plan to make your food when you've got the energy <laughs> so you make proper food rather than go to the chinese takeaway across the road <laughs> yeah it's a uh, it's I mean, most I think most of the time I have my tea around nine o'clock now at night. Yeah. And like I go home and pe like people are having tea at five, and I'm like, "Whoa, this is early. Like, I'm gonna be starving <laughs> later. Like, what are we doing?" <laughs> uh, and it's yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because you just you you just the yeah, habits you you develop. It. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird one. But you do work things out. This is the thing. However hard it is, if there's anyone at home and they are used to those home comforts, you do work things out. You do learn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got to, or you just... Or you die. Yeah, yeah, there is that. <laughs> uh, on that note, no, uh, is it, I mean, <laughs> uh, let's let's go into your your, your favourite memory from university. Favourite memory from university? Um, I've got very fond memories of a friend of mine who's, who sadly passed away. Because uh, one of the big things when I was at university is I was an activist. Mm -hmm. All right, I was the chair of the. Um, so to put in context of the history, the early two thousands, you had the the British National Party. And I was a member. I wasn't. Wasn't. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> Just to clarify, he said he wasn't. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Not. <laughs> kind of, I look at my pitch, and you're thinking, well, it could be. It does look like a bit like a Nazi. <laughs> uh, big Nazi organisation. They done very well in elections. They were doing worryingly well, building in very ne nearby in Oldham and Burnley, and that. So, mm -hmm. I was the chair of the anti-Nazi league. And one of the things when I came up to university, I think I always had this concept in my head, almost like a romantic vision of the student activists. I didn't really know what it was. But when I saw like the thing of anti-Nazi league, it was like, I didn't know all the things that had gone on, the, the politics of what had happened in Oldham, because there'd been riots, there'd been a race riots. But I knew that the BNP had caused it and then come back in later and got this really good vote. And it was like, well, I want to, I knew that was a danger and they need to be like, you know, stopped, like the National Front in the 70s. So I got involved with that and then later on from that joined uh, Socialist Workers Party and you know, proper left-wing politics. Um, one of my friends at the time was a guy called David. He wasn't at the university, but he was around the time. You know, he was a proper... Really, he wasn't a socialist. He was an anarchist. You could tell just by looking at him. The guy was a proper crusty, lovely <laughs> guy, full of energy. Um, and I just remember all the times getting phone calls from him. You know, like I'd be like, I'd be like, I'm going to be good today. I'm going to, you know, the library and I'd be there for half an hour. And it's like, phone all, you go, Tavner, you're coming to the Crescent. I went, 
no, no, I've got to do something. I've, I've shut up. You can't to just being bullied is going to the pub <laughs> and very easily giving yeah. in and going down. And as I say, you should spend your time studying, but those are those happy memories of when you had no plans to and then suddenly there's a big group of you and even the sort of person who texts a load of people and then yet again, you're all down the crescent where Karl Marx and Engels used to... I say used to drink. I think that's a romanticised version. I don't even know if it was a pub at the time. It's where they used to go and meet anyway. <laughs> uh, it's now shut down, so that, that's another piece of history gone, unfortunately. Um, yeah, some like sort of fond memories of that and spending time, and yeah, on all the kind of activist stuff um, at, at the university. You know, there yeah. were like exciting times. I mean, I was there at the time when we'd had a lead up to the war in Iraq, when we had the the March two thousand and three, fifteenth of March, when we had over a million people, almost two million in London. So being part of that, taking like we taught three coaches just from Salford wow. University. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So being part of all those things, the excitement of that movement you know what i mean all these different things going on and then also dealing with the backlash of when the things don't work out and you're still invaded iraq and Mm. and obviously we're still paying for that yeah today the thing is i was always right so people should listen to me (laughs) that's the takeaway from this yeah Uh, always listen to chris Uh, i think i mean it's it's important (laughs) what you're saying there is i mean uh there's been a lot around campus and stuff recently about voting and using your right to vote um mm-hmm. i think we were, we were giving away stuff if you if you could prove you were uh registered to vote you, you could get free hot chocolate and stuff like that i think that's i mean it's great uh to me um and then the university did what they could to make sure you knew where to go and vote or how yeah. to register and that i mean that's beautiful uh but another thing is sort of what you do outside of actual university time uh, mm. massively impacts your university experience. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, you, you were chair of this like, society. Yeah, like anti-Nazi league and, and stuff like that. Well, one of the, it, it seems like it's a weird thing looking back now, but in a purely sort of career point of view, that stuff really helped me. Yeah. Because when I went for like jobs after university, the biggest things that helped me wasn't the direct thing of, of the course, um, I know it's always said we'll talk later, but I'll say sociology I did. <laughs> and it's was worth mentioning because it is one of those that the obvious route to take sociology is academic. So it is one of those degrees if you're doing it and you don't go down that route, it's like, well, what have you done it for? And I was at, I'm at a charity at Home Improvement Agency, so I work with people who are like former builders. And of course their attitude is, well, why did you do it then? Should, should you not be in social work event? No, that's separate. Oh, well, yeah, but what was the point? And actually, it is through the process of be, doing a degree full stop. Mm. You know what I mean? All the skills and everything else that go into it. You know, the, employees do know what goes into that. But it's outside of that. The fact that I was, you know, I got elected. I was the Equal Opportunities Officer, which what it was called then at the Students' Union. Um, so I got that place. I was chair of committees. I was secretary, you know, taking minutes. Yeah. All these kind of skills. that There's absolutely no reason whatsoever why I would have had them at the age of, say, 22, 23, when I was going into the workplace. So actually going in for like just general admin roles, I said, yeah, yeah, I've, I've chaired committees, I've been treasurer, I've done all this. It's like, mm. oh, that's not average for a 22, 23-year-old, you know. So that stuff really did make a big difference, you know. Yeah. It's great, I mean, like you say, that you're on a CV, you've got, you can put what you've done, your education and all that, but then you've got all this skills section where you can yeah. say, oh, I've done this, I've done that, like you said. And I think that's um, something definitely to sort of remember with university is, I mean, as w- as much as you've got this social side of things, you've got this massive, you know, the the stereotype of going to university is to have 
a party life and you know mm. go out drinking every night but i think it's very it's a good thing to find a balance of yeah doing stuff outside of university that isn't just going for a drink and even if that's going for a drink with people who can not benefit you in the future but you know help you get to where you need to be yeah keep yourself open-minded like do different things go and get involved in like the sort of drama clubs and there's they say there's a comedy and, and all different mm. things. I believe there's like an anime club now. I would have mm. probably would have done that. You know what I mean? Yeah. All, these, all these different sort of like bits and pieces to be to be involved in. And yeah, enjoy the social side. Enjoy being in a new city and and doing stuff like that. And just try and get yeah. It's it's always like life is. It's trying to get a balance all the time, isn't it? You know, you've got yeah. to work hard at times, and you've got to balance it up with other things with yeah. the rewards. I think, I mean, as well as that, though, there is always this side of um, you've got to look after yourself. Yeah. Uh, and I think as well as, you know, remembering all the, the amazing things you've had with university, it's worth mentioning um, sort of the negatives of university life and mm. that side of things. And if, uh, I mean, you're comfortable too. I mean, I mean, what would you say would your was your like worst memory or like like a negative you would take away from university in a way? Uh, negative to university because I think I've got things that are very specific to my experience at university, mm-hmm. so it makes it difficult. I could talk about being assaulted by the youth leader of the BNP at uni and go through that process. Mm. I don't think most people have, have that. that. Specific I don't know story. if you've all been hit by a Nazi <laughs> at uni. It's it's it's, it's rare. Um, I'm happy to report. Um, <laughs> so so I, had, I had all those kind of things going on there. Um, I would say, yeah, so the issue certainly early on was literally looking after myself in terms of eating properly yeah. planning around you know it, it sounds like like sort of really anal but you know why you're not taking your dinner to university you can do it sandwiches whatever take, take something with you food and drink look after yourself and just understand it's fuel it's your energy yeah. to be able to learn and to do other things um and just yeah just and it's also just understanding what the learning process that it can be hard. It's like, you know, doing sociology, some of those like trying to get through some of those texts were really dense. And it's just except that, you know, you go to something and then go away and come back to it. Give yourself regular breaks mm. when you're studying, you know, like the all nighter thing. I think sometimes I think can be a little bit worse because people don't like work, 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 work. And actually think of it like high intensity interval training. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing where they say that you'll burn off as many calories doing like like a sprint and then a slow run and do that over 10 minutes compared to trying to run at a higher pace for 40 minutes. It's the same thing with that. Give yourself regular breaks and then proper intense focus study mm-hmm. and and just go back and forth between the two. You know, I think that's what maybe not the big things I would have would have taken for that because most people don't struggle to enjoy themselves when they're at mm-hmm. university. There are plenty of opportunities for that. So maybe just set yourself up so you can go, you know, I deserve this. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's very much in that, in, in the planning and the organisation and then the just looking after yourself. I think that's a massive thing yeah, within yeah. university. And I think a good one as well on that is uh, knowing what there is within university that can help you do that as yeah. well. Um, really looking into that. I think a lot of universities at the moment are really working on um, their support system. Yes. Because... Although academically, like they work on themselves to get funding for that, uh, I think a lot of people now are starting to push um, like stuff like mental health uh, yeah. help and uh, academic help, even if it you know if it's like writing help and stuff. And uh, I mean, there's still constantly there's a 
I mean, there's people in my class, I mean, I probably do it as well, I should do, is there's still classes for how to reference mm. and things like that. And there's, there's those opportunities are always there for you to sort of there's go There's huge online ref, um, uh, resources yes. available to you. And yes, I think the structure's in place to support people that are, you know, significant, the learning support, mentor support that is available if, if, if you want it. If you have ongoing issues now with any kind of mental health issues, anxiety, etc., um, you can talk to the university before you go and they'll put a plan in place with you. They'll meet yeah. with you. They'll go through all, all that. This is all stuff that I'm aware of, uh, that I'm aware of now. And yeah, there's the structures there. And, you know, things like, so, um, like for instance, I'm, don't, don't mind me saying, but my wife's, you know, they gave her like, you know, recording equipment to so record the lecture mm-hmm. so you can then listen back, you know, if you're going to get lost in the moment. And, yeah. and there's all these this little, there's all kinds of different bits and pieces that they can do to, to mm-hmm. help. Yeah, it's, I think, yeah, it's it's coming on leaps and bounds for the actual health of students instead of the education of, which I think is a good balance to find. Yeah. Um, so we're coming up to, we're nearing the end. Mm-hmm. We're nearing, it's coming up to near that time. Uh, I've got a couple more questions for you, but I'll sort of, um, one of my final questions is, if you could go back and do it again, or if you, uh, looking back on it, do you think it was worth it? Would you do it again? Uh, would you, are you happy mm. you went to university? Yeah, definitely happy that I went to university. Um, it's that classic thing if you ask us, if, when you ask, what would you say to your, your younger self? Yeah. And I've heard that question put to uh, you know, people like say different podcasts. And it's interesting the amount of people who sort of say nothing because I had to learn it. And there is something to be said about yeah. that. There is part of it. I, I know what I know now because I've been through that process. Yeah. But if, if I could say what I've learned now, it is that not, you know, knowing that you do have to work hard and push yourself but be willing to have that thing of being focused and giving yourself regular breaks the old pomodoro technique things mm. like that is actually really helpful and understand it does take time to to work through it and also and this is what i find a big thing with my writing now say stand-up writing mm. is uh the, the way it was put for put to me is imagine you've got like sort of say two minds you know uh the the analogy given that um Two guys are brought in, or two people are brought in. Yes. <laughs> two people are brought in uh, to work on a on a on a project, uh, say an advertising campaign. Um, the first guy is very loud, dominant personality, quite intelligent, and the other guy is very quiet, timid, um, but he's more intelligent. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they work on this project together. And the quiet guy comes up with some ideas, but he's obviously it's dominated by this other guy. But they come up with some ideas, you know, it's okay. And then what they do is they have sort of a break where the loud confident guy's taken away somewhere else and he's given like a task to like work on a puzzle or a sudoku or something like that and the quiet guy's left with all the bits there to work on it by by themselves and he's like right okay and then through that process comes up with more better ideas the analogy the analogy of what that is is the loud confident guy is your sort of conscious mind Mm -hmm. and the quiet guy is the non-conscious mind so you need to do the work in the first place. So, for instance, writing stand-up. Mm-hmm. So if you have to write on a particular subject, I'd say, right, do a word association list. Get these ideas out of your head. Write down every minor idea. doesn't matter how rubbish it is. Get it all out of your head. Work on it. Then go away. Whether for an hour, a day, whatever. Something where you're not thinking about this. Something completely different. Put loud music on. Do the washing up. Whatever. Come back to it. And then you'll find that you have more ideas mm-hmm. it, you know tell you what that's like it's like you know when you're trying to think of somebody's name <laughs> and you're thinking 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 
And when you forget about it, then suddenly you go, Jeff. Yeah. And you think, oh, that's come from nowhere. No, it's not. That's come from your brain that's been working on that in the background. When you were going, what's the name, what's the name, what's the name, what's the name? It's going, yeah, all right, shut up. I can't think. I can't hear. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you've gone to make your tea, then suddenly it's thrown it back at you. And I'd say that's the same process with any kind of writing or whatever. It's the same sort of thing. It's put yourself into it, push yourself. And then those breaks let the brain, the brain is a magical thing. It's a muscle and it will work on those things. So if you give yourself the opportunity, rather than say like a big marathon all in one, do something, spend time working on it, go away and keep coming back to it. You will find it will process it, will, it will percolate. So in part of it is I wish I'd known a bit more of that because yeah. I would have had maybe a bit more confidence in, in, in my studies. I went also, I wish I'd known that, you know, having the youth leader of the BNP on campus wasn't my own personal responsibility. <laughs> and actually I could have spent a bit more time doing studies and been involved in campaigns and not been not let it drag me down too much and maybe i would have been a uh, happier then but then i think there's plenty of people who can think that when you look back that things aren't as bad as they think they are mm. i think that's definitely something that a lot of people will look back on and think oh yeah i mean yeah i, I could have done this i could have found a better balance there and i think a lot of people they, like you said you don't realize that until you've you've been through it yeah and i think it's yeah. a massive thing that's another thing as well i'm talking about what i would say going back it's just try and keep yourself open to it and accept that you are learning and developing. We all are. It never stops. Mm -hmm. I think all that happens is some people, when they get to a certain age, stop giving a shit. But mm. it doesn't <laughs> actually stop. Yeah. You are always learning and developing um, all the time. But just understand that you have to be willing to work hard. Don't feel like somehow you know, you should know this already or it should be easy. So, no, don't worry about it, but work hard, give yourself the breaks, go back to it and just push as hard as you, you can whilst looking after yourself and being healthy and it'll come out in the end. And then, I said I did sociology, I'm now doing like stand-up comedy, you know. Yeah. You know, I didn't do a performance degree. Perhaps, looking back, I might have liked to have done a performance degree if I'd had more confidence when I was younger, mm. but I was happy with what I did at the time. If that, I mean, if that had been an option to you, it probably would have been mm. something you'd have you'd have gone for, in sort of that sense. Yeah, but then I didn't do like performance when I was younger. You're about going to that. Um, uh, I've forgotten the word again. Audition. No, audition. Thank you. <laughs> Good God. I'm gonna so write that one down. To like involved just... in like, <laughs> yeah, sort of performance world. I kind of like, what's that one? Of those. And I'd auditionaire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I wasn't doing that at college. I did a bit of music. Yeah. I played in orchestras, bands and stuff like that. But I wasn't doing the plays and of the confidence then. So one ticks over into the other. Yeah. You're not going to never have performed before up until the age of 18, then go to do a performing yeah. arts degree. <laughs> but at the same time, being involved in stuff like that and then discovering stand-up soon after, yeah. then develop that side of it. And that's where I again where i am now so you know fantastic uh okay so my final question for you it's mm -hmm. in the name uh i you know i mean it could be now as well because you could be benefiting from your wife's student discount <laughs> but uh what is the best thing you've ever got student discount on i'll tell you one that worked very well was uh getting my uh my my cheaper bus pass when when I was at my first job, I had to get like two buses. Yeah. And my student card, I can't remember why, it just had 
some date stamp off for like the distant future or something like that. So I used it for years, my actual proper student cards. And I just kept showing that. And it was like years later, I was still able to get not the proper NUS place, but like the, the bus. So I kept getting that cheaper bus ticket. So it's not exciting, but that but did it's a good save one. me, yeah. <laughs> I would imagine, well over a grand over a few years. Amazing. That is, I think that is a, a very good example of student discounts. So that's why it's worth spending uh, 27 grand plus. Yeah, you absolutely. Might say, it's one. worth that. 60 grand's worth of debt. And that is student finance. That is a good <laughs> bit of uh, financial advice. Amazing. Well, it's been absolutely cracking to talk to you, Chris. Thank you very Thank much. You. Uh, you've been listening to the Student Discount Podcast. I've been Maisie Whip, and I've been joined by Chris Tavner. Thank you. <laughs>